I've I've been making paintings that are very much about experiencing light and shadow outdoors uh, at different times of the day. I'm completely enamored by w- taking a walk and at nighttime and watching how the light changes and looking at trying to figure out what the color of the light is or these gradations of shadows that happen. And so I've been bringing that into the paintings. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 75th episode, I have this interview with artist Gina Hunt in studio that I did a couple of weeks ago. I met with her and talked about her work, which explores color and shadow in these really minimal but lovely paintings that have a really rich kind of color built up through layers of painting, and we talk about that in the podcast, so stay tuned for that. If you've never heard of Studio Break, we just want to let you know it is a podcast that explores contemporary art-making practices. I interview all the guests that we have on, and we post these lengthy interviews, complete with slideshows, links to the artist's website, and interviews that you can find in iTunes. If you want, you can follow that link to the iTunes store and subscribe there. We do have a Facebook page, so you can follow us there. Our Tumblr account is Studio-Break, and you can follow us on Twitter at Studio Break. And if you want, you can follow me at David Linaway. All right, that's enough of the, the silly announcements. Here's this fun interview that I did with Gina. Stay tuned. I'm in the studio with Gina Hunt. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, David. It's, it's good to just stop by and be able to just do that. Like I was just saying, you know, normally I have to coordinate like uh, Skype time. So it's, it's fun to actually be here. We'd work in that show, the Rocka show in October. So we met there and just Yeah, in Minnesota. Yeah, we both yeah. live in Illinois, but we met in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so again, uh, you've got a number of uh, paintings. I don't know. I, I guess that, that would be the first thing people would kind of just be struck by. Like, you know, the pretty minimal, mm-hmm. um, pretty dark. Could you just, I guess, talk a little bit about, you know, what you're, you're currently invested in and, and what you're, you're working through? I've been making paintings that are very much about experiencing light and shadow outdoors. Uh, at different times of the day, I'm completely enamored by w- taking a walk and at nighttime and watching how the light changes and looking at trying to figure out what the color of the light is or these gradations of shadows that happen. And so I've been bringing that into the paintings. So yes, at first uh, you may approach one of these paintings and initially think a black rectangle. How interesting. <laughs> right. um, but they're, they're, they're filled with color and really saturated with mm-hmm. color. And um, even the even the canvas that they're painted on is really important. I, I paint with very transparent washes of paint, and so that, that color and light really uh, builds slowly in the painting process. I think that makes a lot of sense. Even and, and again, uh, we're both painters, so mm-hmm. there's there's that aspect too. Too, but I mean, like in terms of like color mixing, I mean, if you're ever using black, or you'll probably like a mix of black, and it usually has such a, a richer you know, quality. And again, that's kind of, it's so funny because you think of like people wanting to paint skies or something like Mm -hmm. night skies. It's Mm -hmm. like black. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think that really comes across just that kind of like rich kind of like layered color, the same, the same way that you get that with like a, yeah, like a really dark, dark blue night sky. Yeah. Right. And I have been building the blacks through layers of color. So I'm actually using this 
almost this brilliant, these brilliant washes of color, um, usually doing like three different colors that are being layered that will then, you know, their, their intensity will, will fight and then in the end have this really rich black that actually doesn't have any black paint in it usually. Mm-hmm. And so, so are they all like on raw canvas or are they primed? How, how are, what are the surfaces like? I've, I've been doing a few different things. Mostly I've been using an unprimed canvas and have, I'll have the paint soak into it completely. And so in the end, when you're looking at the painting, the, the fibers of the canvas and that weave is still really important. It's still very present when you're looking at the surface of the painting. And are, are they oil paint or are they acrylic? These or? are acrylic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was, yeah, I wasn't sure. They're so taut. I wasn't sure if they were like, you know, primed with rabbit skin glue or something like that. <laughs> but, um, and so, so how, I guess what, what, what kind of process do you like wind up utilizing then in terms of making them you know, distinguishable, um, you know, and you kind of talked about like being, um, in these moments to kind of observe light. I mean, is it something where you're in this scenario and you're kind of like thinking like, is this little bit going to be something that turns into a painting or what, how does that work? Oh, like how am I drawing from experience? Yeah. Yeah. Like when sure. you're there, I mean, mm-hmm. um, cause again, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you look around, there's, there's some that are, that are more, uh, directly colorful. You see more of those, uh, layers kind of around the edges or, you know, in like this one, there's like a nice, you know, uh, intense band, um, whereas some of them are a little bit more, I, I don't know, they're just different. So I'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. like what makes the, how do you work through those different? Yeah, ones? that translation, right? Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not making paintings that are strict observations mm-hmm. of these experiences, right? So when I'm walking around and I'm looking and I'm at these different, you know, different points of the day, maybe it's like in a, at dusk, you know, and Maybe I'll have a camera, but these things that I'm really enamored by, it's almost impossible to photograph. And so how do I how do I remember that and then make a painting of it, right? So the paintings really are these... I'm trying to make them these parallel experiences. It's really not a painting of dusk, right? It's a painting through different maybe color combinations or light and shadow things that are in the painting can create a parallel to the, those initial experiences that I have had. In terms of... I guess artists then that you're you're looking at or in graduate school, you know, too. So I mean, obviously you're immensely studying things. So who mm-hmm. who are you looking at? Yeah, I've been kind of I've been re- reinvestigating some abstraction from the 20th century again, which is always a delight to go back to and discover these new things. Uh, someone that became really surprisingly important to me over the past few months is Lucio Fontana, mm-hmm. and how incredibly incredibly subtle his paintings are and how important that subtlety becomes as well as how he's creating these fields of space that's really how I've been thinking about these are it's not like figure ground object space it's more like space and more space or field and then another field and so in terms of like a I don't know scale because it's also something we talked about too a lot of them are are mid-size or at least kind of like a, on, the, on the smaller scale. So when you've got this big, large, uh, tall one, you kind mm-hmm. of have a different, you know, like a different experience in terms right. of like walking up and, and kind of seeing it. Where do you sit in terms of that with your work? I mean, do you want people to kind of be able to discover those things when they come upon it? I don't kind know. Kind of scale play? Yeah. I mean, actually anybody that's seen uh, stuff that's like, you know, like a 30-foot painting has mm-hmm. such a... It's an unusual thing anyways to see something that large, but I mean... Yeah, it's a little tricky because with larger scale, I mean, there's opportunity for that immersion to happen where you're just almost like suffocated by this painting that's in front of you, right? So with the larger ones, I think that I'm able to do that more where you can become like 
enveloped in the painting. But I don't think that that's necessary for these paintings either. I think that this, I mean, most of these that are that we're looking at on the wall are around 19 by 24 or 25. And um, I like that intimacy where they're, they're approachable close to these. They're, they're incredibly physical and, and very subtle. But seeing, seeing them in person, I want them to be demanding by these really incredibly subtle means. I think that's interesting, too, because it, it just makes me think about, too, um, you know, how much of it is really just about you trying to figure out the things that you're interested in kind of going for them. You know, you might get somebody that says, oh, they should be like 75 feet mm-hmm. high, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, there's something about that, like kind of, um, I don't know, discovery, but also on something that's like a, a, a scale that's um, – you know, not um, intimidating in that And it's sense, not you know? monumental, right. And I think that that's a really important trait for a painting to have, that it's not, for these at least, they're not monumental, and they're not, like, authoritative in a way that a large-scale painting tends to be. Mm-hmm. Not always. But so, so like, in terms of then working through it, process it, I mean, obviously, you've got these uh, unprimed at some point. Are you mm-hmm. working on a number of them at the same time? Um, typically, yeah. Yeah, typically, um I was explaining to you earlier that I, when I, when I was getting my BFA, I was a painter as well as a printmaker, so I have this big printmaking background, and so I kind of approach making a painting in a similar way uh, to a printmaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depends on what printmaker we're talking about, but <laughs> I'll start out with maybe three or four canvases and then have a set of, of decisions that I'll make. So I'm going to do A, B, and C to this canvas. And then, you know, between B and C, I'll change my mind a little bit on the first painting. And then between C and D for the second painting, I'm going to change my mind a little bit. So they do have a sort of sequence. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going back and forth a lot and and looking at maybe three paintings prior to what I'm working on. Oh, I I should change my mind about that one decision and then make another painting. So there is this kind of loose sequence that happens with them too. Well, and also too, I mean, like... uh and especially like this, this really large one has these kind of moments where they kind of look like hazy lines or mm-hmm. like areas where it seems very like built up. I mean, is that something that is towards the later rounds in terms of like, you know, say that, you know, a bit of pigment that's real looks like it's really on like on the surface. I mean, is that, is that something that's just discovered, I guess, along the process or it's a little bit of both because building transparent washes of color, I'm not using opaque paint. So if I want to preserve a color, I need to I need to keep it there and not paint over it. Mm-hmm. As as we were talking about earlier, I think uh, as painters, uh, it's kind of there's some there's something that's very fun about just kind of seeing you know what what something is and trying to figure out how it was made or, mm-hmm. or you know how it was worked over. So obviously, like we've talked about, how they're they're kind of like muting out, becoming dark, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and is that all kind of like affected then by just layering over the top of it that it kind of nullifies the other colors out? I mean, yeah, pretty much. And I I, I think about the printmaking process sometimes too like a cmyk process or you know where you've got three colors that are being layered to create more colors right so um i've been working with some tertiary colors quite a bit to to see how many colors between how many how many colors of yellow green can i make you know sure sure (laughs) you've talked about that experience of trying to capture like a certain time what about preliminary work i mean do you do you have to kind of like build up little little versions of these as drawings or anything that's studied in terms of i don't see a computer in here but i'm <laughs> guessing that you have uh, some kind of computer but how how is that process work in terms of the finished product or i do some 
studies on paper, mm-hmm. but I, I work through the canvases pretty quickly. So I'm constantly building structures and working on the canvas. So a lot of this discovery does happen during the painting process while making the painting. I do a lot of preliminary drawings that are kind of almost diagrammatic where uh, this is like technical painting stuff, but mm-hmm. like uh, what's the first layer of color going to be? Where's the second layer of color going to overlap that? So there's kind of like a balance between planning it out and then, like you're saying, kind of. Like it is a balance, happens. really. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not. I don't. I don't stick to the decisions that I make <laughs> beforehand as much as I would like to. I'm still a painter, and I've got to change my mind during the process because different things emerge with color or form or whatever happens on the canvas. I tend to change my mind every now and then. And is there something like intro? I mean, obviously, um, you know, we talked a little bit about light mm-hmm. um, and. And that, but I mean, what what is your like fast? I mean, is there a fascination mm-hmm. to it yeah, in terms totally. of just like? Yeah, and I keep saying this, but like you know, visual people. I mean, you're drawn to visual things. I mean, mm-hmm. is, what what is it about that that's so interesting to you that you're you're pursuing it in this manner? It's this constant slow change that we don't pay attention to enough. I'm just so drawn to this slow change of color and light that's happening all the time. And is if you try and look at it and notice this change happening through time, it's like barely perceptible, right? Like mm-hmm. try and watch the sunset. I do that a lot and I can barely see anything change. But if you look away for a minute, it's going to be dramatically different. And so that just blows my mind. <laughs> One of the other things that I'm noticing in some of them too is it looks like in some of them there's kind of like more drawn drawn areas or mm-hmm. areas that you're kind of drawing back into that. Is that mm-hmm. also something that kind of comes up in there? That is, those are just drawn lines with graphite. Okay. So, so there are these things that I do in the painting process that become like incredibly meditative, like draw a straight line 200 times. Okay. Which is similar to the way these are painted too, which is similar to these moments of observation that I'm talking about as well. Right. I mean, again, that, that process, the idea of process just mm-hmm. in general as being like a meditative thing mm-hmm. it seems like something that kind of comes across. Mm-hmm. So what about also like the, the orientation, you know, we talked a little bit about like, um, you know, a number of them being vertical. Yeah, for for a long time, I was doing this vertical orientation of a of a rectangle. It's like slightly vertical, and maybe even just within the past month, I just reluctantly had to admit to myself that what I was doing was painting these landscapes that I'm so enamored by, and like that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I was making these paintings that I'm still working on that we were kind of talking about earlier that have these bands of color with these subtle gradations. And they, they started off being vertical. And then I flipped it horizontal and like everything came together. Yeah, I reluctantly had to admit to myself what it was that I was painting. And like I said, I was, I was in Minnesota before I moved here. And I grew up in South Dakota where there's just horizontal landscape everywhere. And that's just part of my visual vocabulary. It's part of my experience. It's part of it's part of my life. And like, well, and I think too, just with just with the nature too of just travel. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just or living in a different state and then moving to another one. I mean, you kind of notice uh, differences, you know, mm-hmm. certainly. But that's that's something that's kind of interesting too. So, like in, in the process too, is that something where again to see some of the other the other ones that look like there's more underpainting? I mean, is that something where then they will eventually wind up look more like where they're kind of like very dark, and then you kind of have to find those those things under the surface. Like how how do you know like when to stop? When to stop. Like, do, yeah. Or do you ever kind of right. get to a point now like where you're earlier and earlier on going like I don't know that kind of looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when to stop painting, that's always the tricky question, isn't it? Especially um, with these where the 
my tendency is to bury this color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of restraint for sure. Mm -hmm. And being mm -hmm. constantly aware of what's happening in the painting. Well, and, and I guess, well, at the same time though, how do you, how do you find like something to discover about them? I guess at the same time you've got tons of these going. So obviously you're working on a lot of them, but I mean, is it just like tweaking a color or just kind of like playing attention to the surface in a different way? Or I don't know if you, if you were like a, you know, designing this thing from like point A to point B, mm -hmm. you know, exactly what it looks like. And uh, coincidentally, I talked to a painter recently who to a T is mm -hmm. like, I paint exactly the way that I designed this thing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of making it interesting for yourself, I mean, obviously you want to have these um, experiences when you see them finish, but I mean, like, how do you, how do you balance that out with, you know, explore, you know what I mean? Being able to explore in them as well. You kind of know it when you see it or. I end up uh, throwing a lot of the canvases under the table halfway through the process because I, I tend to be a little impulsive during the process and it's like this yes or no thing. And if it's no, then it's going under the table and I don't want to look at it for a while. So I keep working on another one. But usually I'll, I'll stop when I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? Okay. And then like sit on it for a while. If mm -hmm. some, something surprise me about it throw me off balance well and that's something that we didn't talk about either too is like i mean is are there are there times where they're they're really quick or how, how many layers mm -hmm. or how, how much mm -hmm. time is it yeah like in between something i mean is it something where you're building it up over weeks to kind of, kind of find it or is it yeah uh, each one's different each one's totally different i finished one last week that i painted it probably in an hour and then some of them you know 50 hours of of painting and even that one that I painted in an hour, that wasn't the plan, but I painted it and then I just, I, I loved what it was, just the color that I had built up. So I was just looking at it on the wall, like, okay, what can I do next? And it's still on the wall and it's done. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, um, I, I appreciate you uh, letting me uh, uh, come in here and, and snoop around. I know, again, it's, it's one of those things where you keep running into uh, artists uh, and you want to talk to them. So yeah, I'm glad you stepped by. Thanks again to Gina for joining us. Please check out our website, gina-hunt.com. And again, there'll be a link on Studio Break, so you can find it there as well. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, and see some of the paintings that I make, you can check them out at davidlinaway.com. There are a number of new works up there, mixed media works that incorporate architecture and landscape with these kind of very washed images. So please check them out. I'd also like to remind you that we do have a bunch of interviews on studiobreak.com. Each of them have images of the artist's work, links to their websites, and these lengthy interviews. So go through all the archives, see all the episodes that you missed. Again, you can easily follow that link to the iTunes store and become a subscriber. If you want, it'd be helpful to leave us some comments or some feedback. Or if you want, you can even add me as a friend on Facebook if you're on there. And please take the time to like our Facebook page. Again, we provide previews of some of the guests that we have coming on, as well as announce opportunities, cool competitions, things like that. So please like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Tumblr, that's Studio-Break on Tumblr. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break, and you can follow me, at David Linaway. 
If you liked today's episode with Gina, please check out some of the other ones that we had. We had Suzanne Laura Kamen on recently, as well as Heather Mickelson from Chicago, and a number of great ones. So please check them all out and help us out by sharing them with your friends, posting them on Facebook and whatnot. Again, we need your help getting it out there. And, um, you know, there's always something to listen to, and we like to help provide that. So thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.